0: Hi, this is Tony Ruggiero here, and you're listening to my Tour Coach Podcast. Tour Coach Podcasts come from my stories, the interviews, my roundtable discussions, the day-to-day interaction with the people that I teach in my journey in the game of golf, whether it's tour players that I teach or tour players that have fired me, or heck, it's other teachers that I think the world of and respect, or it's mental coaches, performance coaches, or hey, maybe it's just people that have made an indelible mark on my teaching. Whatever it is, I hope this helps you learn more about the playing, the teaching, or enjoying the great game of golf. I sure as heck have fun doing this. I hope you all enjoy listening to it. We've got great sponsors. We've always got great guests. And one thing that we for sure do here on the Tour Coach is we keep it real. None of this is scripted. This is just authentic. This is the discussions and the day-to-day interactions that we have as the dew sweepers and teaching and trying to help all of you play better golf. And look, if you enjoy our instruction and you're somebody wanting to get better, why don't you come see us and get help for your game? with our world-famous retreats, which are going to be at Old Palm Golf Club in Palm Beach Gardens with my good friends, Mark Hackett, Dan Terleski, Colby Tuye, Dr. Greg Carton, and and a host of many, many more. Or you can come see me at uh, my studio in Mobile, Alabama, or at the Preserve Golf Club. And remember, everything you need to play better golf is always going to be available for you at dosweetpressgolf.com. You can find out where I am and how to be on a podcast if you go there. Enjoy this edition of The Tour Coach. So this is the first Tour Coach podcast we've done live from a bar in a while. Good one here. Pre-Q school. I think I've got who I can 100% say is the longest-tenured dew sweeper at this juncture. And it has been that way for a while. Zach Sucre. Let's go. We've got Eric Brunner joining us, who's part of Team Sucre. We've also got the Country Club collection floating in our kind of periphery here, taking pictures. So we're going to... Let's talk a little bit about, like, so let's talk Zach. First of all, we're at Bluebell. We're at the Normandy Hotel. This place is pure up here in Bluebell, awesome. Pennsylvania, outside of Philly. I got to have dinner with my uncle Nicky tonight. Eric, you liking it so far?
1: Having a blast. Golf course was a lot of fun. This practice facilities are great. We got to play mm-hmm. a couple hours of 21 today with yeah, Zach and was, Zach squared. That was fun. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, we got a lot of good work done. Looking forward to heading
0: into stage so one of Q school. So, so here's an interesting. I mean, I thought one we did good work today. Thought we've done good work the last two times. One was last corn fairy event of the year. Didn't play great, but I thought we did some good work. So you've been out there a while. What I'm curious about. This is the best attitude and mental approach I've seen you have, you go into Q school maybe ever. Well, and why is that? And. Did me or Eric have anything to do with that? Well, yeah, because <laughs> we'd a, like to know. Yeah, absolutely. Because we're talking about drinking wine here.
2: <laughs> no, it, uh, absolutely. We've had. Um, I kind of carried over after Omaha. I didn't play my best there, but like you said, I think we did great on the range and, and even in the practice you round. You were and, sick uh,
0: part of that week.
2: Yeah, I, yeah, I didn't feel my best that week. But the, uh, but I took a break right after that. Took, took like a full solid week off of golf and came back. What'd you do? A lot of fishing, a little bit of scuba diving, hung out with the family a lot. Um, yeah, for, I guess we, were, we went over to South Carolina for like eight days and hung out over there. Nice. And, uh, and so when I got back, I went to the range and really was like, I'm only focusing on what we had talked about in Omaha and about you know, covering the ball better and trying to get the club a little more upright. A few of the things that we worked on there and uh, a little bit of footwork. And I think a, a lot of times we don't get many resets in a year, but like when you do get to take a reset, it makes good. working on what you want to do a little what easier. And so, and so, like I, I did that, and for the last few weeks, golf's been, been pretty solid. And so, um, attitude in golf's a lot on you know goes off on confidence, and so it's it's pretty good right now.
0: That's good because like a lot of guys. As you get older, they get where they don't like having to go to Q school. And I get, as a teacher, I'm like, well, I can't necessarily feel like, hey, I did a great job. You're back at Q school. But I also feel like you've gotten better this year. I actually feel like this is one of those weird years where I feel like as a player you've gotten better, but the results haven't been there yet. And I don't know how to explain that. And like a normal person would look at me like I'm a three-headed monster. But I do have another glass of wine coming. Thank you, sir. <laughs> and uh, but um, but like I feel like you've gotten better as a player this year.
2: Yeah, I think um, I've gotten the the short game has, has improved, which helps a lot with confidence. But I also feel like my good has improved and it hasn't showed nearly as much as I'd like, but I've had a lot of the rounds where I do feel incredibly in control the whole entire day of my golf swing, and I've, yeah, especially as the year's gone on, I've had more of those days, and so I think what we're working on is working, and it's it does, it takes a while, a lot mm-hmm. of times, and so like I, I feel, I've, I've felt like we've been going in the right direction, and we're closer and closer every week, which is nice.
0: I think physically, one, I would like to know your weight loss method, because you've lost a bunch of weight this year. And if if I lost that much weight, Yvonne would be so attracted <laughs> to me. It would be like, you might not ever have another podcast because I might never let myself out of the Hilton Garden Inn room, <laughs> right? But like, I mean, it's true. But like, you're in the best shape. You can tell you've been doing a bunch of the exercises and the work at home that uh, your folks and the stuff like when we've been down in Jupiter and Colby's done stuff with you, you know, I want to talk a little bit about chasing speed because I felt like a little bit last year you got into chasing and speed. And, and the reason I'm so I think lots of people do this, right? Don't you think? I yeah, mean, everybody, especially with like, you know, I've got that Bushnell Launch Pro. It's easy for people to get stuff that accurately measures. I felt like we got into that a little bit. I tried to always kind of keep the reins on so we didn't get too out of whack. But talk about chasing speed. Yeah, I think. And that- Eric, you can feel free to jump in anytime. Sure.
2: Yeah, I I think I started chasing speed and I still would like to hit it further and would chase. I would still like to chase some speed, but I think I got going in the wrong direction on it and not doing it using my body as much. And once my hands got involved more, it was hard to get back out of it. And so I I think there was I still want to hit the ball further, but I've got to get back to hitting it solid and where I want and then try to work up a little bit. I always
0: yes. remember this. You knew who my old mentor was, Hank Johnson, right, from Birmingham all those days. But I remember one time a guy said, like, what's the biggest thing I could do to hit it further? I mean, I was super young green teacher. I'm sitting there observing him teach a lesson, and he said, hit it solid, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And, exactly. and And he was right, though. Like, mm. I think the first thing people ought to do to hit it further is to actually get to where they hit it solid all the time then work on adding speed. Once you can line the face up and you get where you're hitting it solid, then I think it's one thing, but trying to add a bunch of stuff when you're not hitting it solid, For sure. right?
2: Yeah, it might, you know, swinging harder, if you don't do it right, your numbers become worse. And so your spin rates and curve and all that gets worse. And so like, even if it is faster, if it's not solid, it's not going any further.
0: So you said today, I asked you, I said like, well, you know, okay, what, what you have been doing since, you know, we saw each other last, and you you talked about the break a little bit about the fishing and and then you said look I haven't filmed myself and I haven't been on a track man yeah talk about why first of all I loved it and what was crazy weird to me and I'm gonna think about this after this fifth glass of wine I'm going but like your posture and setup Eric you can attest to this this posture and setup was the best I've seen you. So it makes me wonder if you start going to being more athletic or whatever. I'm not sure on this. I need to ask you. No, I, but like, yeah. why did you quit doing that? And what have you seen from that?
2: So I think I just got when I when I took the break. I was like, I'm gonna get back to hitting. One, I hit it horribly, unsolid to end the year. A lot of bad. Like, wasn't that my direction was so awful? But I didn't feel great once we got past like a six iron. It was going downhill, and so. I think I wanted to get back to just getting my divots much more square into the target and extended. And it was just kind of like, let's get back to hitting the ball solid. We'll start slow. And, like, I don't care how far it goes. I don't care about anything else. I just want to get back to hitting it solid was the the first start. And,
1: yeah, it's it's felt pretty good, actually, for the last few weeks. That's felt great. You know, I think a big turning point and kind of – knowing where we stood at the end of that corn ferry season and progressing forward into rolling over into this season was, uh, Missouri. It was, you know, golf swing looked pretty, pretty tight. It was swinging it nicely, doing a lot of great stuff, especially in the practice rounds. I mean, a couple hole out Eagles, uh, during the week. And, and, you know, I know we lost it after, after week one, or not week one, excuse me, day one. And, um, we set up on the range and and started doing uh, just getting back to our, to our nitty-gritty details, just the small things, getting set up right, getting the ball position right, getting our feet squared to our target. Right. And for for whatever reason, they just kind of got a little So I'm going to ask you a
0: good question. and Your boss is sitting here in front of you, okay? So what do you see is the difference between like where he is now where it really does look like he's playing good and really playing, like, you've been on the bag. You're part of Team Suker. You've been on it basically two seasons now, right? What do you see the difference between what he's doing now and what he didn't do? And what are traits you see about when he's doing good?
1: You know, I think he's a lot better at picking apart the things that he's not doing well and not just sticking to one thing. He's working on his whole game as a whole. It's, it's the short game, the putting, he's not putting more time into one other thing. It's
0: don't you think that's hard to do when you're hitting it that bad, Zach? Because you start like all you do is go to the range, right? Right. And then sometimes you don't you think you have rounds like during that where you're like, well, I didn't hit it that bad, but I scored awful. Yes, yeah, right. All,
2: exactly.
1: Right. Yeah, for sure. But you've also had rounds where you hit it horribly and you scored great. Yeah. So you know your short game's clicking, right? Right. And and so you know you know kind of where you need to tailor your your practice work and the stuff that we do. Heading into the week for the, the next week that we have ahead of us, on where we need to work on, and and you know you've done a really nice job of managing your time on what needs to be done, and you know I I'm truly really excited for this upcoming year. I know we have a battle ahead of us, but our helmets are strapped and we're ready. We're ready to go get He's everybody. help It's got a helmet. Got <laughs>
0: a helmet. <laughs> but I, I, I will like, say this. I've been around you a long time, and I would say we're all close, close friends. This is the best I've seen him ever all the way around. Short game, mentally, full swing. It's also the most, the first time where when I'm watching you and I'm like talking to you about what you're working on, where you basically regurgitated some sort of form of what we did the time before.
2: Yeah. Right. So there wasn't. Early, right. So
0: there wasn't a search. Exactly. Yeah. How do you, how do you, avoid, getting on that search? Because I take the radio show today, right? And I was talking, to people about it, like, you know, and and we're talking about a guy I spent years with, you're great friends with, you know, really well, Robbie Shelton. Robbie's playing great in Napa, and I heard an interview when he went on the thing, and he said he just went back to the old stuff that he used to do, right? There was a guy who ba- admitted he had done a bunch of searching, right? Mm-hmm. How do you avoid that? Or, and, and, and how do you get off of that when the temptation happens?
2: Well, I think last year I did get off of that for most of the year, but mm-hmm. in, until then. Which is I've even done, more
0: commendable, you stuck with it. Yeah. Because most people can't stick with it. Yeah. It? I, I think that
2: what we did today with with getting my elbow in more. And trying to make it easier. I've got three
0: glasses of water in front of me. You think they're trying to tell me something? They're telling
2: you something. for Sure. <laughs> we I, like, we, I mean, we, made the comment about, like, that felt easy today on the range mm-hmm. with like, the shorter irons. Yep. And I think that usually when I am searching a little bit or I'm, like, find something, you, the correct thing is usually what feels really easy. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, that's like that's it. Like You say it all the time on the course as well as I do, like you'll feel something either really good or really bad but like usually the part that feels really good and you're like this is back it's usually back to the exact basis we started with with turning and posture and all the little things that make
1: it like simple i guess Mm yeah 100 and the best i've seen him swing it which is a lot it's just freewheeling everything's simple you're hitting your checklists and i mean to be honest, Missouri should have gone way more in our favor, I think. Mm-hmm. I know your ball striking was a little bit off, but you scored tremendously. But leading into that week, you knew where you were at, and you knew what you had to work on, and and your goals were set. You knew what needed to be done. and I, It started in May, truthfully. On a golf course, historically, not been your it's best, the highest, highest <laughs> professional yeah, scores ever. And, and to come deep. around and go from from the previous year to this year and finish seventh, man, it was beautiful golf on a one of the tightest golf courses I've ever seen in my life. Kind of, kind of quirky to be very honest, but I mean, yeah, yeah. you're not we doing
0: very year. good getting us a sponsorship for the main corn Ferry event next year. That's right. But, well,
1: it's a, now I like the place. It's, it's, now, <laughs> now we like it. Like
0: so you said, you said something to me once. This is way back. So this was, and and I put this in the brilliant category. I do, Whoa. like, I write down things. You know this from working for me. Like, I write down and re- remember things that my best players and tour players say when they're just talking about things that, like, I'm like, that's really good. And this, we were standing on the old chipping green at Mobile, at the Country Club of Mobile before the building, those were the good old days. Good old days. Good old days. You and bring I had out that the dome, and I had that tent that was like a hot box, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know? That's the what dome. it was like, "Why right? you could to smoke something <laughs> over there?" We'd all been fine, <laughs> but anyway. So, um, you said you had just gotten back. It was actually like early in the spring, and you had just gotten back from playing those international corn fair events, like Latin America stuff, basically. Yeah, right? Panama,
2: Bogota, and, and I remember,
0: you, and you know, you we. You were like, you, you were coming to the club, you said, hey, can we work a little? So we work, And I said, well, I, you know, made the cut here, missed the cut here, made the cut with you. And you said, I actually hit it way better than my score. I've got to get to where I score better than I hit it. I thought that was fantastic. And I've told that to a bunch of kids and a bunch of people, but I thought that was like pure genius, right? Because you, you said, like, you went through each round, you're like, this round. I'll never forget it. You were like, this round, I shot 70, but I hit it 68. And then you were like, the next round, he went through round by round for this whole deal. And you're like, I shot 70, but, you know, I really shot 60, whatever it was. And, and you were like, I got to get to that. And I always thought that's a fantastic way to look at it because if players started, instead of evaluating every shot, you started accepting the challenge of like, I, I want to try to score better you than I score, hit it. Yeah. That's interesting to me. you know i know i've had some red wine and i'm getting on a damn tangent here
2: like almost every event i play really well in at the end i'm like i scored way like overall you score better (laughs) than you hit it like Mm -hmm. you're like you make you make 20 footers and you get out of trouble and you don't you know you don't pay the price for your bad swings and i think that when you like every time i play good and i play with a lot of guys that do this all the time like the people who you're like, how did you shoot? You know, you you think they shoot even par and they shot five under when you're done and you're like, you just, you know, didn't make mistakes. You never paid for bad swings, like kept it all in front of you and make a few putts, and things like, it just is a huge difference if you just counted everything from, you know, six feet and in as a make and didn't make anything outside of 10 feet. Like at the end of the day, the winners every week and the guys that are playing well, they, they always score better than they hit it. That
0: have you ever had a week where you got to – you had a real good finish that wasn't a win? Say you're eighth, and you said, you know what? I finished eighth, but I didn't score as good as I hit, hit it. Did, have you had one of those where you didn't win, but you hit it good enough to win, you think?
2: Yeah, I've definitely had a few. You know, like wins. where you're no, close I, I can, to winning, No, we've like, finished 40th, and I, no, I hit it
0: good enough, right?
2: No, no, I've, I've definitely had – A lot of those tournaments especially going back to like when I was first professional I feel like I did that a lot where I just feel like I wasted shots you know more than the usual yeah everybody Uh, didn't hit bad bad shots but like when I threw away some easy up and downs and missed some short putts and like back, they add up so fast when you're talking about like short game and Mm -hmm. putting and like having that huge miss that cost you two here and there instead of just you know making a better swing but like I think of even tournaments that I played really well in, like the Travelers. I, I mm-hmm. wasted, mean I wasted three and two holes, mostly mm-hmm. on. I watched it. Like, yeah, every I mean it was it was awful, and had a four putt on Sunday on mm-hmm. the front nine. Like there was a week where I easily could have won, and I would have said the first two days I had scored pretty perfectly. I hit it well, mm-hmm. didn't make any mistakes, like bad mistakes. Putted well and did you know. Exactly what you're supposed to do, followed by a back nine on Saturday that just ruined ruined the whole week. Back nine on Saturday and the front nine on Sunday were, you know, I missed the cut by five. And so I think there's plenty of those weeks where you can look back and say, I've, you know, if I saved some shots here, you did the simple things right, the easy things that everybody should do right. How many how many shots better to be?
0: It's one thing I see. I'm gonna go to Eric after this, but I see the guys that are always up there, like when they're playing really good, I see that when they have the time where they miss it just short of the green and it's 30 feet up the hill, they never leave themselves five, four feet, right? It's like it's – you know, I see that they – or like they have the easy bunker shot on the uphill slope, right? They hit it inside of – like yeah. I see that they take care of that. And then I see guys, you know, or whatever, but like I see where they don't get one up and down that's straightforward. They may make a miracle one up and mm-hmm. down, but, like, the easy stuff to me. He, so you've been out there two years, E. What do you see? The, the guy's playing the best week in, week out. What are you seeing? And, and and what do you see about how they prepare, what they're doing on the range? Uh-huh. And, and when Zach's doing his best. And he, I mean, you've had a bunch of success with him. I mean, he's playing some great golf, and we're going to get to what's ahead. But what do you see?
1: And, you know, that's. Love that, and <laughs> I love that question. Fairways, what, what, yeah, fairways are big. You see, guys, hit, like I, I think a great example was uh, Chris Baker. Not too Touchdown, long ago, man. the guy did everything right. We were like, man, it was one of those rounds where you say like, looked like an even par round, but he was like six under, and and he did it all week long, and it was six under, six under, six under, and it was. Taking care of those five, six-foot putts, never really missed a fairway too bad. If he did, he, it was by a couple feet. And Very it was just, few,
2: like, wow shots. Yeah. Like,
1: just solid. He yeah. kept he kept the ball in front of him all day. He got everything up and down, and he made everything he looked at. But he left his ball in that makeable spot. Never, He, never, he never was short-sighted, yeah. but he never had, like, some crazy downhill sweeper. He always left himself with it. You know, a routine, if you will, a routine six-footer, if that's such a thing. For me, I know definitely know it's not. But, yeah, that's, to me, the biggest thing. And then, you know, I know we talk about it just about every time we talk shop. How they prepare for the golf tournaments is they stick to their plan. And we're seeing Zach do that. That's one thing I think you've improved
0: on the last couple years how you prepare for a tournament oh. and your preparation at the event.
1: Going back to Maine, Zach stuck to his plan the whole entire week, never wavered from it, made a couple adjustments after rounds one and two. And, um, man, the way he stuck to that plan was just – it was spot-on perfect. And that's, he knew what he had to do and to continue on his season. Maine would have been the end of the
0: road for us last year. And to do what he did, I mean, it was – Explain uh, that, because not everybody knows. You know, listening knows. Yeah. What What do you mean? And and I knew, I knew going in, and I knew when you flew up. Right. Right. I knew it had to be done. I knew the
1: task at hand. Zach for sure knew the task at hand, and by God, if he executed it,
0: that's it why was, I think it was
1: the most beautiful thing. I there hadn't been a single round yet where I cried when I walked off the, uh, off the 18th green. But man, that was an emotional moment because I knew what that meant you had Courtney and the girls come out and hugging on him and loving on him he had his mom and dad there It was a beautiful moment to be a part of and you know Zach Suker is a fighter I, I know he's not gonna lay down and we got a lot of work ahead of us and we're gonna continue on but man that was that the way he went about that whole entire week was just, this is what we're hitting on this hole, and
0: he stuck to it, even if it was... That's a good lesson, though, for next year. Oh, man, it was... Right? It was yeah, you gotta you it. we oh, got to it. You sure. got to find... Don't you think it's hard? But it's hard. Like, everybody always says, like, well, why the hell? Why the hell didn't I do that every week, right? Mm-hmm. But, like, to figure out how to get to that point of focus, as well as that point of freedom. He doesn't play that good if he's not relaxed and free-feeling either, which is weird, Right? Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, you think about it because you have to, nobody plays good tents. right? So somehow, even though you were under a bunch of pressure, you figured out how to get free.
1: You did, and I, I love to talk about this week. It was it was fun. Sunday, he loves it. I do. Sunday
0: was fun. Man, around. Sunday,
1: you know, we're trucking along, and he's. I mean, he's flagging everything he looks at. He, whatever the club is, whatever the number is, it's at this point balls in his court. I'm just I'm just carrying the bag at this point. And we get to hold forty. I think he's made three. what have you made, four straight, three straight. I think you went four straight. I got one, on. three, four Five four, five. Five. Yeah, it was after five. You seven looked at and nine. Yeah, so. yeah. You looked at me after five. That par three, and you about had to kick in. You looked at me. We we'll just give a okay, okay, like, good. Let's, let's keep the, <laughs> Let's keep it rolling. And uh
0: well, yeah, sure enough exactly he did. He it said, was
1: just but, okay. it, it was man, and, and that that's one of my other favorite things we'll talk about that when later.
0: Do, when do you like okay, so when you're in one of those rounds and you get off and you birdie four or five or something holes out of six or seven or whatever, what the hell do you think like what do you, what goes to your mind? Okay, so like when you birdie two of the first three, how is that different than when you birdie? Six of eight or something, you know what I'm saying? Like you birdie two or three, you're like, eh. yeah, you're like yeah,
2: yeah. Oh, this is great. Like, yeah, right. Nothing, nothing crazy. And like, yeah. yeah, when you get to six and eight, it's it's like awesome. Like I'm <laughs> having to hit missed a shot, and like fifty nine. Watch, let's keep it going. Like that's kind of the mental side of it. Is like when you're when you're six through eight, you're only focused on like let's get the next one and the next one and like yeah. You know, that's the that's the most
1: fun golf you'll ever have. Get the number and execute. Yeah, it. right. And
0: man, love it. It's good. It's good stuff. It's it's good for people to hear. I just was curious. Like, so when you when you have one of those rounds going, you know you're you're an interesting student because you shoot some crazy damn low shit. You get you can make a bunch of damn birdies, right? And then you can shoot some numbers. I'll scratch my head, that's right? Out, right? <laughs> so. But, like, when you get going, what is your thought? Like, when you make, I mean, you shoot some ridiculously low numbers at times. What's your thought? Like, and do you ever think, like, why the hell can I not yeah, do like, that shit all, all the time. time? <laughs> so, yeah, and an can't Tony teach me to do this more than once out of four? <laughs> I got an answer for <laughs> it. better.
1: Or I want to hear that. Let's hear it. You know this one. You know where the gas pedal is. That's right. Gas pedal's on the it's right. It's always on the right. You keep that foot on the gas and you don't look back. I
2: think that my, when I look at my, all of my really low rounds mostly come from putting. And it's the rounds where I hit it well, but I also made okay. way over my fair share of putts. And and so, like, there's something about running in, not like short putts, but if you run in 15, 18, footers.
1: 3, 15 Yeah, putters. let's
2: say three 15 to 25 footers early all of a sudden you're feeling the line like you're seeing everything right and the hole gets bigger and a lot of times I'm today being a perfect example I was like I don't even know which way this ball's going mm-hmm. and you don't feel like you're going to make many putts or you're guessing on the lines there's a difference when you start rolling them in early the whole day you just are the speed's perfect and it's end over end and like I think that's the biggest difference is, is the really low rounds your putter just feels like, you feel like you're gonna make everything and never had a bad putting round that I felt like I was gonna make everything.
0: Let me ask you, that. okay, so we're gonna wind, wind it down here. Heading to Q School, both of you. I'm gonna ask you each individually. What's your plan and your thoughts? How do you approach? I know you don't enjoy going back, but I actually feel like you're in a great spot. Not as much stress as some of the guys we know that mm-hmm. might, like if they yeah, don't make sure. it, they don't have anything, right? You know, what's your, how are you approaching it? And Eric, how are you approaching it as a caddy? We'll start with Zach because he's obviously he's more important because he's, <laughs> he's the player.
2: <laughs> Correct. So I haven't been to Q school much in the last really five years, but obviously, I, I think second stage is pretty hard. Final stage, obviously, you gotta show up for the whole week. But like, I always thought going back to college, it was like first, pre, and first is like, you play good golf, you're going to get through. You don't have to do anything great; mm-hmm. like it's nothing special. You get the the full four days, so it separates the field. And so, like, I'm enjoying having someone to play for again because there a month gap. There's going to be another three week gap after this, like that that mean a lot more than just mm-hmm. like the small money games. But I think that the other thing is that you don't have to shoot lights out. It's solid golf, so it'll be. We're at like a shorter golf course where we're going to and overall probably a very safe game plan because, again, first and 20th make no difference. And so it's minimizing your big mistakes. And so most of the holes we we'll try to take out
0: i a big number. I've always thought when watching Q School, and I've always thought Corn Ferry Finals is similar, similar to this, I remember when Lucas went to Corn Ferry Finals because he had an injury and all that, and he finished second or whatever, and the one of it, you yeah, know, whatever, got it easily. But I always felt like the people that, and I don't mean this in a negative way, but just believed that, like, they were better or, like, I'm excited because this is going to be a good test. And if I play yeah. solid golf, I get through. I always felt like those were the guys that are going to make it versus the guys that are like, you know, if I go play good, I'll get through. Right? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, no, cause there's I, I, a I completely difference. agree, Because yeah. there's a difference, like, and we've all known people. I've coached a bunch of people who, like, if you video them, Eric, you've sat in the bays. Mm-hmm. And went, their golf swings are beautiful, and you're like, man. But then, like, when you talk about going to Q school, well, I mean, you know, I got to play, whatever. But, like, then there's guys that, like, I remember talking to Lucas about Corn Finals. Like, I mean, it's just like, well, I mean, I'm just... I'm gonna get through. Yeah, <laughs> like, right, 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 yeah, right? same like, deal, right? Like like, goods, and, and goods, you, right. the way you were talking about first stage, second stage, third stage, right? Like, mm-hmm. I just think that, you know, I just think that's part of it. Yeah. yeah. Am I off base? No, on it? no, you're you're right on it. Like, it's because we can all flash back. We've heard people on both sides of the deal. We're not gonna talk about it. like you're like well, that guy just didn't think he didn't think he was yeah. gonna get through.
2: Most pressure you feel playing in mm-hmm. something for most for the vast majority
1: of the guys, yeah. Like it's and all you already it's,
2: know you got your four days. It's it's, oh, it's all or nothing. That's it, and yeah. the whole way through. And so, yeah, you know, they don't have any more events after that. So like, it, it is the most pressure. So I think the guys that go in,
0: they need to go back to Q school for the tour spots. I think it's be fantastic.
2: Yeah, I, I agree. Actually, the uh, but I think the guys with the most confidence, the guys that think yeah, they have arrogance about it, like.
0: Mm-hmm
1: plenty
0: of confidence.
1: Yeah. No so, Eric? Yeah, my, my game plan for this upcoming week, I want to go and dissect this place just like we did Maine. It's a similar golf course. It's a it very similar yeah. golf course, right? And I want to pick apart and I'm going to make you hit more balls than you want to hit off the tee and figure out what club we're going to hit and pick that place apart. Figure out where we're going to hit it and trust our little landing zones and I'm also going to go walk the golf course enough to know uh, how to read those greens. I'm tired of batting no, 350. No Bermuda, we're gonna love them. Oh, uh, well, I know that, but, <laughs> but and yeah. I get to go back home to my home state and ready to go uh, give them hell.
0: Guys, first of all, thanks for hanging out tonight. It's fun, and we got a lot of work done today. We're gonna get some good work in tomorrow. Bluebell's an awesome place. Yes. Uh, everybody, I highly recommend it. If you're in Philly, come hang out, and Zach, Thanks for being the longest tenured do-sweeper. We've had our ups and downs, and sometimes you get mad at me. I'm sure I get mad at you, but we've hung in there, and, and we look, we've ended up with our baby, Eric.
2: That's right. <laughs> we've had, we've had some
0: What fun. a mean
1: baby you've created.
0: <laughs> yep. So let's go get him at Q School, and I think I told you, Eric and I have had this conversation, there's no better time to get on the Corn Ferry and get your car yeah, than this year right. with what the tour's done, right? Yeah. Kudos yeah, to Jay Monahan right. and everybody and uh, I'm sure Country Club Collection is glad he's not here to hear that part of that but <laughs> but uh, anyways appreciate you everybody hanging out
2: thanks for having us yeah, it's
0: thanks for listening to this edition of the Tour Coach I want to take a minute and thank Cordy Walker and Golf Science Lab as well as my sponsors Shrixion, Buick, Bushnell and Vineyard Vines for helping make all of this possible and helping me share my insights with you if you like what you've heard Why don't you check out more on the Do Sweepers channel on YouTube, as well as the Do Sweeper on Instagram, or go to Dewsweepersgolf.com to find out more about my teaching, my travels, and where you can find out more about me.